Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to RL Aftershock, the coverage hub for everything that is Rocket League esports in the European scene. I'm the Eternal J. I'm joined by Digital Bacon for episode 71 of the show, my man. It's been a week since we last, well, yeah, a little bit of a week since we last spoke because obviously mm -hmm. everything's kind of winding down for the season. How you been, my man? Yeah, I've been quite good over the last week. Uh, just been chilling out. Like, outside of RLCS action, of course, this weekend, it's been a little bit dull, but, you know, for us personally as commentators, but it, it's been nice to have a little bit of personal time. I finally played, uh, finished off that Spider-Man game, uh, started God of War. Yeah, I'm bored as heck, dude. We need something going on. <laughs> We're in week five or six of quarantine. I've lost count at this point, honestly. I started going insane. I started playing Minesweeper. And uh, I don't know if you've been on my Twitter recently. I got recently. you into that, dude, didn't Yeah, I? no, you did. You, you did. It was in the middle of the TCS. I started playing it. And now it's just like a, a regular, like, wake up, play Minesweeper. Before I go to bed, play Minesweeper. I had a bit of a weird moment where actually I tapped the screen in my first little, um, uh, uh, my, my first little, like, space where, where it gives you all the... Uh, uh, all, all the breathing you got became a fucking what sorry you got insta bombed no 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 no, no. Oh. the first one that i tapped just gave me a little love heart i'm just like mate my fucking love life is so screwed that even my <laughs> sweet shouldn't cheer me up what the fuck is this shit it was ridiculous i couldn't believe it i was like oh my god it's twitter worthy so definitely go check that one out but no we are reaching the levels of boredom here at the very least i've got a lot of counter-strike coming up um mm. uh, i just confirmed some work with the sl so that's obviously going to be a, a really cool thing i can't announce it just yet but i will say that it is uh it is currently on the uh, uh, uh on on the calendar and um, obviously the home sweet home stuff the grid have been hiring us for every like Tuesday through Friday it's kept me busy so I'm not in the worst position in the world but I realised that for you Bacon you are like reaching the end of your fucking rope <laughs> yeah yeah I mean we do have a little bit of Rocket League work coming up but I just want it like considering that this was meant to be the start of like land season right now yeah. wasn't it like I, I'm just there going I, I want to get away I like travelling I like going about and doing new exciting stuff yeah, it's just boring as heck. But maybe, I don't know, we'll try and look into getting some new things off the ground. And, I mean, we've just done that with uh, the Aftershock website, Jay. So yeah, delve in there a little bit more. We we will indeed. And, of course, we'll be doing our best to make sure that your uh, quarantine evenings are not quite as bad as ours is. Because on today's show, we're talking all about the troubles of RCD and Tox Trapped and Eyes, TSM, releasing their roster with Remco, dropping hints that he's most likely to retire. I mean, that's kind of been going on forever, but we'll talk more in detail about that. Plus, we're recapping the promotion tournament at the back end of the show, all on the 71st episode of RL Aftershock. Let's start with the news. And of course, we have to start with, I think, the, the big thing this week. I mean, it, it kind of like dominated the news headlines for the entire week, I think, at this point, with the exception mm. of the Esper thing. Like, you know, Tox and RCD have just been all over the place this week. Uh, it was it, it, it was weird. Um, it, it really did not work out. Um, and like any good story, it starts with a tweet, Bacon. Um, well, actually, I guess it kind of starts with a with disqualification, but it kind of comes off the back of a tweet because Golden Dust announced that Tox is expelled from the Golden Dust Rising Star Stars. For those of you who haven't been keeping up with our coverage from last week, Golden Dust Rising Stars is the Spanish and Portuguese division of the Rising Stars League, which is sort of like co-run by Rocket Baguette, Golden Dust, Firewall, etc. 
and uh, they run the Spanish division where RCD were competing in um, uh, and this is the uh, a communication of disqualification due to uh, cheating and poor you know attitudes on social networks and I guess this uh, kind of leads into the tweet part of things because uh, Tox is tweeting about how he got a two season ban for accidentally changing teams he also uh, tweeted something to Luis um, uh, calling him you're a fucking R word I'm not going to say that because of uh, you know potential mm-hmm. bans and such that we get on podcasts and on YouTube um, uh, as well as that a video of what looks to be a weird sort of like way to break rotations uh, from Tox's part of things uh, which basically he missed a touch on the ball couldn't get the shot in and then he um, uh, uh, and then what happened was is he turned around and basically like uh, left and rejoined his team to get back to the orange side of the field um, and I kind of wanted to start with this one because obviously the official communication from Golden Dust was that um, uh, uh, you know um RCD were disqualified as a result of this uh, of these combining circumstances, Bacon. But I have to th- I have to say that the evidence that supports the cheating side of things, I think, is a little bit dry, just a little bit. So the the point, like he said, was the what changing teams to yeah. reset himself back on his side of the pitch. Now, of course, I haven't seen any videos on this. And I'll send you the video com- real quick so you can watch okay. it. Um. You, you, we're literally getting live on broadcast. Like, do I think this is cheating? I'm just waiting for the video to uh, actually load. Uh, <laughs> what? You click, click, click the link. The uh, the Discord uh, yeah, thing does not the work. Not I, I've, work. I've watched this one in 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 in, uh, in great length. Actually, I've started an article on, on AfterShock.com where I was going to uh, I was going to talk about you know whether or not this ban was a bit too over the top. Mm. Um, that's not going to go down well now, based off of what we're going to talk about in a minute. So I'm probably going to belay that uh, article for another day, <laughs> just because it's never going to fucking reflect great on me. Saying that I think that it might be unfair because the whole community is currently against Tox at the moment um, uh, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you uh, just watch this video and let me know, do you think that this is enough evidence to say that Tox was cheating in the match? So the act of changing sides that you respawn all the way back on your own end with a full, uh, not a full tank of boost but with 32 is something that you know a lot of people said within tournaments they sonix needs a way to stop this but it was like one of those minor things it's quite obvious to catch out here i'm right on the cusp of it i can like to be able to do this you have to you know press start go down on is it like two i think spaces on the menu like that again like it's so you're and he's there. done this sort of like repeat that bit real, real quick basically? sorry to actually be able to do this you've got to then press start go down like i think it's one or two spots in the menu click it then re-click back on in like for him to do this really fast i would believe that this could be classes cheating yeah well, I that's the thing, right? The, the, the thing about this is that it is one piece of evidence, and he only did this once in a situation where, mm. you know, let's take a look at the positioning from the opposition team. It doesn't really feel like he would have gained any major advantage from turning around and doing this, to be honest. You know, there was no uh, counter-attacking force. His teammates... He'd make his way downfield quicker than rotating on out, get a side boost and that. Um, yeah, you would get back into the action a lot faster. Well, not a lot faster, but like a second faster doing it this way. 
Well, even then, Tox is defensive to this, um, uh, which seems to have gone completely remiss by the community, mm -hmm. uh, was the fact that he was trying to change settings when he um, uh, uh, when when he did this, right? Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, and 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 that because of the way that it works in ranked, and that you can't change your teams in ranked, that option is completely eliminated. So the spot where the settings would be is actually the spot where change team is in a private match. Um, uh, he communicated this on Twitter after the uh, the disciplinary action was handed down. I don't know why he didn't communicate this to the admins or if the admin did any mm -hmm. investigation. That's certainly uh, details that have not been uh, apparent to us as of late. Um, but again, given the fact that the majority of the evidence against Tox's case seems to be his acting on social media and not the actual sort of, uh, you know, cheating act itself, given the fact that it was a one-time thing, I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on this, to be honest. Like, you know, it seems like a quite a fucking, um, you know, like a harsh sort of mm. uh, punishment to be made on something that I'm not, I'm not even personally sure about, to be honest. You know, like his teammates already had pressure. I don't really know what Tox was trying to do. And if you watch the clip back one more time after he goes and uh, and joins his team once again, um, it looks like he halts for a second because I think, you know, he obviously he's, he's trying to change to teams. Out, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I, yeah. So I completely agree on that. Like, it, like I said, it's a possibility, but as you said, that's not enough to, I would say, grounds to instantly ban. And really, this ban comes out from the other following points, Jay, you know. Uh, upon their, uh, you know, rulings, 5.3.1, any defamation act on social network towards action, arbitra uh, arbitration team, uh, opponents, organization, or collaboration uh, may lead to severe disciplinary measures. And then, of course, uh, participants who take action to make publications on their social networks that may harm the collaborating organization or companies may be subject to severe disciplinary measures. So this sort of falls back on the whole, this lad just when he gets on Twitter, he is an angry little boy. <laughs> and instantly, I would say, yeah, I can understand. Maybe the team as a whole, I wouldn't ban. I would ban personally just Tox himself. Let the team keep going on because his teammates well, again, weren't right, like he, that. Here's the thing. And then they just got to play with the sub continuing forward. Here's the thing, right? I've given enough shit about to the bubble scene about being ungrateful dickheads, right? You know, and and mm -hmm. I, I still stand by that. But I think that the idea of like limiting free speech because it might hurt you is a little bit, uh, you know, uh, draconian. Is that the word for it, or is that or or or, or, or no, you're right, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit too much for me. I don't really agree with these rules. I don't know if that, you know, obviously, really. within the rule book, obviously, they are punishable acts. But again, this is pretty harsh for someone who just made a couple of tweets and then may or may not have cheated with very circumstantial evidence, which doesn't prove anything, given the fact that, you know, he's given his defensive and his defensive seems to have been completely ignored uh, from the RCD squad. Um, uh, you know, and, 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 and at the same time, RCD, it feels like to me, um, you know, his teammates didn't really throw much, throw much of a fight about it. They didn't really test it too badly they didn't raise any disputes um so like you know it, for me it feels like another one of those cases where like a rival series team just doesn't really care about rising stars um mm -hmm. uh, you know very similar to the sandrock situation um where they got disqualified for hitting too many penalty points um except in this case it's actually violation of the rules um and this kind of led to, well, it didn't lead directly lead, but I think it was certainly a contributing factor to RCD dropping the team. Um, uh, it wasn't quite, again, the, the main press release that they made, was very, very short, which you can translate it very, very quickly, uh, says that, you know, basically RCD withdrawing from Rocket League as competition rights do not allow for stable and guaranteed growth from the team for its clubs, which is something you could talk about with fucking, um, you know, um, 
uh, you, you, something you could talk about with the uh, fucking you know Rocket League as a whole. Um, mm. But obviously, this came from a really, really big shitstorm on LinkedIn of all places, right? <laughs> uh, this was fucking weird. Uh, so I can't remember what his name was. Um, uh, Loria Fulch, Loria Fulch, um, uh, put something out on LinkedIn that tagged virtually everyone who is remotely connected to uh, Rocket League esports. Um, uh, basically having a rant about the team as a whole. Um, uh, I didn't actually link this in the show, Bacon. I'll send you this on a quick DM so you can uh, uh, reread this. Um, but basically, he says. Esports more than ever, and all the actors need to be up to the task. But when the players often experience not act within the principles they are expected to have, it must be the publisher who puts on the board that, above all, there are valuables, principles, and ethics that everyone should have and respect. Should be noted, by the way, I think this was a Google Translate article because I don't think Fulch speaks English. Yeah. Um, uh, so like, it's it's very, very weird. And, and, the, and the point he's trying to get to doesn't really make sense. Um, it seems to me that he thinks that RCD Espanol should be allowed to field a team for the uh, 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 for the promotion playoffs, which is is not how it works. Um, you know, like the the spots belong to players, and I think that that's rightfully so, to be honest. Uh, so RCD took the decision to drop the squad, and basically he went on and had a bit of a moan about it. Um, and he tagged basically everyone who uh, uh, who, who who works on RCS: uh, Murty Shaw, Shice Josh Watson, uh, who's head of esports, uh, Eric Carell, even the CEO of Tencent, for some completely fucking reason or the vice gaming manager I should say of, mm. te of Tencent which makes no fucking sense because he doesn't do anything in relation to uh, uh, in, in in relation to to RLCS um but yeah, he said, under no circumstances should gamers that have represented RCD Espanol de Barcelona in RLRS play the promotion tournament of the RLCS tomorrow. Obviously, they did. Um, and this kind of threw up a whole shitstorm about whether or not RCD would end up, uh, had, dropped their co had dropped their players. It turns out the contract had expired, expired like 13 days ago as of us recording this. Mm -hmm. And uh, an hour before the promotion playoffs were set to go, the, uh, the club actually dropped, just straight up dropped the team. Um... What do we think about this? Because th this whole fucking dropping thing is a complete shit show on every aspect from RCD Espanol, in my opinion. Like, uh, this was handled very fucking stupidly. Um, people from ESL were also, like, you know, subtweeting or, like, you know, a sub, uh, <laughs> uh, sub quoting the article. Um, it, it was fucking weird, man. It's so fucking weird. I don't know what to make of this whole thing. So, just to put a little confirmation out there as well to a lot of people, RCD Espanol have, like, near enough like we said with a lot of football teams uh, the same to PSG in the past they and Barcelona currently they contract out their name to another company a little bit like we were saying with 11s and how that would run to another company to run their esports division basically as marketing um i'm trying to remember the name of the company off the top of my head but it's something esportia something or other it is a spanish company um so that's what's going on and as a sort of word from a lot of the people that know the guys that run that company they're all a bunch of assholes and dickheads no one really likes them jay and so there's like a lot of weirdness about that company and such with that you know Outbursts like this from this Loria Fulch doesn't really surprise me as much and just feels more like a flashing pan, just like I said, outburst. Um, going forward, like there was so many things such as technically, because Tox is German, 
um he shouldn't by law have been able to just sign this contract with rcd himself as uh under 18s have to have a parent co-sign or you know a guardian or whatever um so this contract was pretty much not legally binding um for him and there's a lot of weirdness around the rcd contracts and to you know the point here their contracts clearly were just up into the end of the rlrs season and did not take into account the promotion playoffs now to put out like under no circumstances should they have represented um should games that have represented rcd espanol de barcelona the rcd team should play in that like i have no idea that for me is just such a random outburst and the statement or idea behind it because i can understand you know should no one uh that previously have represented them you know under the name be playing under their name continued because they're no longer part of that organization that would be absolutely fine and completely understandable for someone to say that because they're trying to distance themselves from the team whatsoever you know um for whatever reason but to say that the team should not play at all makes no sense to me you know yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if that's just a fundamental dis, uh, misunderstanding from Fulch about, mm. you know, how esports works, because it's not like football in the slightest. Um, <laughs> and it should be noted, by the way, that, that he does not work for RCD Espanol anymore. He hasn't worked for mm. them since December, where he went on to uh, um, uh, work for uh, Foment de Treble Nacional, which is some sort of like, you know, work building, essentially. Like, I don't even know what they actually do out there. Um, uh, but, you know, he hasn't worked for RCD since December. Uh, so, you mm. know, like, I don't know why he's piping up and talking about this shit um uh you know and again i understand the reason why you know they shouldn't have rcd espanol be represented and have like the the, the logos and the team name to be you know held by the oh, club yeah. because obviously you know given the behavior and shit that's happened recently i don't see any reason why they'd want to have their uh want to have their name supported or or, or sort of like you know um you know being part of uh What's it like a fucking, uh, you know, like being a, 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 a part of the rival series when they don't even represent the org? So that's well, fair enough in that respect. But again, the players thing, like you know, again, it doesn't come down to the organizations owning the spots in rivals in, in rival series or championship series. I mean, I hope it never goes that way. There's a chance that it can go, um, uh, but I won't lie to you. Um, it, it just again feels like either a fundamental misunderstanding or mm. some sort of weird fuckery with contracts and and. Um, and another shit in relation to rcd yeah and this is sort of like where it's such a murky and naturally contracts are you've got a lot of people now as well looking into this for example from the outside and you know drawing the wrong assumptions drawing the wrong conclusion which has sort of made again the whole social media looking at twitter um conversations and such just really really all over the place hasn't it yeah, absolutely. And uh, it gets even more all over the place after they got released. They went on to mm -hmm. uh, be known as Stonkers uh, in the promotion tournament. And a uh, spoiler for later on in the show, they did not make it into the rival or the championship series. Um, they ended up losing to Solari and Endpoint back to back. And they showed some, well, Tox in particular, again, the zone back in onto him. Uh, Tox showed some serious attitude on Twitter. 
serious fucking attitude. It is not even funny. Um, like, this guy's ego is bigger than Flakes's at times. And uh, this whole outburst from him on Twitter was just, you know, fucking ridiculous. Like, Bacon, you've seen the tweets, right? You've yeah, seen I mean, the, the considering the amount of hate, that he got for, you know, and he just got punished for golden dust, you know? And everyone's there going, dude, you can't be talking like that when you're representing an org. You're like technically going to say technically, I mean, their contracts are, they probably didn't want to re-sign with RCD. But, you know, a lot of people are going, is is this why you lost your contract? All that sort of stuff. And then to come back immediately, you know, tweeting mid-series nonetheless about, you know, how yeah. it's the most undeserved loss ever and that. It's just like, I feel sorry for his teammates right now because they're probably oh, looking yeah. at this going, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, no, you can't be like this. We're If, if you're like this and we're trying to, you know, we make it through, you know, because they were still in contention when he was doing this. Like, if we make it through to RLCS, we don't want, you know, someone on our team that's calling other players, you know, um, horrible slurs and you know mentally disabled and all of that sort of stuff we want someone that's you know going to be we want to represent someone's brand because that gets us money what the fuck are you doing yo like, it's like just, people and people have gone out to rampantly defend tox on this and it's like you know you do realize that if skill was the only thing in play then bluey would never have been released from from psg you know like the shit like that you know like it's mm. there's always an attitude thing to do with this and i feel like the tox's attitude certainly is not conducive to his team as a whole like there was that point where he, after after he went out he tweeted on twitter said well i hope i've proved that i am rlcs worthy and it's like bro Broski, if you prove that you were RLCS level, then you would have won the match. Um, you know, like straight up. Like it doesn't matter um, uh, uh, about everything else. Like this is not a single game. You know, if you want to, if you want to play a solo game, go play fucking StarCraft. You know, like that, 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 that's all down to you and you alone. You know, don't, don't come play Rocket League and shit because you've got to work as a team in this game. It is a team game. And if your mm. only focus is you and yourself and you, then you are gonna have a very bad time here. Not just because it will ego style your teammates out of not performing and also um uh, and, and also probably throw you off to so could to make you think that you're the main carry and then you'll get rinsed by other players when they find reads on you from a uh, from a from a reputation perspective you're going to absolutely wreck your career right again i bring up the bluey yeah. example because let's think about how he did right and even though bluey has made the arguments of saying look in recent years i've worked on myself and i've tried my best not to be a complete wanker let's have a think about his previous teams obviously infamously psg where he was on twitter slamming his teammates every single day at points and he got kicked. You know, the Ferrer and Chaucet are never going to work with him ever again. Furthermore, into FC Barcelona, yeah, he got picked up and grinded back in from with the Savage side. But in the end, egos clashed and Bluey was on the way out because he did not work that well with Devo, as, as reports have, you know, uh, been uh, circulating from our end of things, you know. And now where mm -hmm. is he? He's playing Triple Trouble and on a team that he should have made the championship series with. He absolutely did not, you know. And now probably the best days of his career are behind him because he's wasted all that time being an ego style guy. And the same thing is going to happen to you talks i'm not saying this as an insult or as a as, as a uh, as you know um 
or you know as as you know some sort of like insult or like you know criticism of you it's a genuine piece of advice because i don't know mm. if you know about me right but for me i have been in places where i could have been a fucking rock star okay i could have legitimately been a rock star but because of me in my 16 16 years in when i was 16 years old i was in a band and we got scouted by a major label right and i could have been in that fucking band going to be a fucking rock star you wouldn't even have heard of me bacon we wouldn't even be friends if my life the path that it did down there but the reason why that didn't happen is because I ego styled my way in very similar to how Tox is ego styling everybody right now and I got wrecked I got pushed out the band and all those guys that I used to play with they are all professionals in the music industry some of them played fucking Reading and Leeds you know like that's mm. fucking huge for, the, for those of you in America that's basically the UK version of Woodstock like it's it's a huge huge festival and some of the best music artists in the world go to Reading and I'm talking about Tox right here because like don't let that be you homie don't let don't let you be me, okay? Because you will fuck yourself pretty fucking hard, pretty fucking hard, right? And, and you will you will not have a career in RLCS because it doesn't just affect you and your team; it affects you and your prospects. You know, Singularity are trying out players. Honestly, you could have been on that fucking tryout list. Now, Godsmiller and Co. are or no, not Godsmiller, Nolly and Tho are going to look at you thinking, actually, I don't think we want to work with this guy because he's being a bit of a dickhead. You know, and, and and people look at it like that, right? So, just a word of advice, mate: don't let that be you. Just calm it down. Organize your Twitter game and don't ego style your way onto everybody because you're just going to make enemies. And everybody looks at you right now as if you're going to be a complete cunt, right? No pro player has looked at you and said, look, you've got potential or you can go far. Everyone's looked at you and said, go fuck yourself, right? And from a skill perspective, we can't we can't criticize you because on the show, we've had no, nothing but player. glowing things to say about you. I think that, yeah, you did perform to an RLCS level, but... You didn't win the game because you're not respecting your teammates and you're not respecting your teammates. Therefore, no one's going to respect you. And not only are you not going to make it in with this squad, you're probably never going to make it in RLCS now that you've gone ahead and done this. So I, st I still think it's recoverable because I think that people can change, especially in a rival mm -hmm. series level where if you're able to grind out and show a bit more respect to people, your opponents, your bubble scene uh, tournaments, and of course, you know, your, your, your fellow pro players, you will be in a position where, yeah, you will make it to RLCS someday. So don't let that be you, mate. Let's let, let's see some let's let's see some changes coming around, man. Because I really believe that you can do it, but mm. I know for a fact that if you continue down this rate, you won't do it. No, it'd be to that point of I think he's okay for now, but like he, if he keeps this up, that'd be him getting kicked from RCD. That'd be him having to try requalify through with you know a couple of other bubble scene players, and then. He's got to push once again. All that hard work that he's done this season would have been for nothing, you know? And you just do not want to watch that because, like, he, like the attitude is there. But, yes, he probably has been so far, you know, a lower-end RLCS caliber player already, you know? And that's his first season. We've already seen what RCD can do. So we don't want him to be fucking throwing it all away. Lad, just wise up, you know actually try and act mature because that is a big difference you look at all the big players that have been able to really show up like just for example jay we can say like look at flakes and how he's handled himself this season and he's sort of taken the best of both aspects he's matured himself like professionally but also trying to have that cocky demeanor whilst you know playing with whatever car he wants actually works for himself so you've got to be able to take you know, 
your personality, if you're a little bit more of that saltier, more egotistical guy, sure, that's a, that's fine. But you've got to be able to do it in a professional manner, you know? Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and again, you know, it's just a word of advice, mate. It's nothing against you. I don't care about your, your personal attitude. I mean, it doesn't affect me at the end of the day. Like, you know, you can mm. go ahead and block me. I don't give a damn. I'm blocked by a lot of different people. Um, and I, and I say what I think very indiscriminately. So, you know, that's just what I'm thinking. And I'm telling you right now, you're going down a path you don't want to go down and you're going to look back on your career and think, where the fuck could I have been? Just like I'm looking back on my music career now. Okay. And trust <laughs> me, you don't, you don't want that feeling. I fucking hate that feeling and you don't want it either. That's the tragedy of RCD and Tox here on the Aftershock episode 71. Let's move on and go to the next piece of news. Another team got dropped just prior to the promotion playoffs. This one was 24 hours prior, however, Bacon. So a mm. little bit more of a, a moment's respite. TSM uh, released uh, their PUBG and Rocket League rosters. Uh, interesting, actually, that they still have their uh, PUBG mobile roster, which certainly <laughs> goes to show. I think that says more about PUBG than it oh, does yeah. PUBG than it does the actual like team itself. Um, uh, but yes, of course, the main focus for us here is the uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the the Rocket League team that got, that got dropped 24 hours prior to promotion playoffs. Um, a lot of people have speculated that this is because they thought that TSM were not going to make it in, and then TSM believed that they weren't going to make it in, uh, but Remco, I believe, clarified that, look, it's more down to the... Um, uh, 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 it's more down to... Economic climate and Rocket League's place more than anything else is what it seems to be, um, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, it, it seems to be more that, um, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, the, the, the situation in terms of like making money out of RLCS. Um, it should be noted, by the way, that in terms of their history, TSM are one of those teams that heavily push for franchising and such, you know, so they are no strangers to the idea of trying to get franchising in all the leagues that they're in. So the fact that we haven't seen it in, in, in championship series doesn't surprise me. Um, uh, at the end of the day, I'm not too fussed that they're gone because of that reason, um, because I don't think franchising is the right way to go for RLCS. Um, uh, uh, but it does highlight the situation that we've had with organizations up and down the shot obviously they can't make a lot of money out of uh, out of championship series you know yeah and i mean this is highlighted by uh remco in as in his tweet it's probably unlikely you'll see them returning to rl anytime soon uh, without any changes to the league or the game itself unless top one two na team without a buyout is an option for them um, i'm not sure if that's one or two or like top half na team I'm not sure what that means. I'm not sure if that's what he's talking about. But I mean, top half would also be valid. But that, again, comes down to the point of I'm, I'm looking towards Ghost there and it's a possibility. That comes into two things. Like you said, there is the whole um, TSM, like a good franchising system because it's a little bit safer for them and means that they can go to investors a lot easier. Uh, but at the same time, you've noticed with TSM, they've been making a lot of push to try and move everything stateside, haven't they? with uh, their business structure and so yeah understandable and i mean when you look at the team currently there was no re like tsm picked up we them girls near enough when they were one of the top sort of three teams we saw that resurgence remember back with vignite as well and um, mm. after they won e-league and everyone said like this is an understandable pickup but straight off of that they started bombing hard and everyone was there going how, how long in TSM are they going to break contracts early? And I don't know about you, Jay, but yeah, definitely. I'm surprised they stayed within Rockley for that long, you know, without breaking those contracts as TSM are near enough a all or nothing. You've got to win it or you lose it. 
You know, you like anything below top two is a bit of a disappointment to this team because they've got such a big name from their history, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, the fact that they're not getting what they wanted, the fact that they're not getting the situation uh, under, under control in terms of the franchising stuff doesn't surprise me. The fact that they've decided, hey, we're actually going to go ahead and bail um, uh, because, you know, you, you, you talk about TSM, obviously they've dropped the PUBG roster and that was also a very similar sort of uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing for them. You know, they 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 don't want to get involved in PUBG because obviously the fucking thing is, um, uh, is, is non-franchised. They're not making a lot of money out of it. Like their revenue sharing stuff is is abysmal uh, oh, in, 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 in games like PUBG. Um, uh, so, you know, TSM, they're, 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 they're out of that because they can't get that control. And I think it's, it's not the same sort of thing for uh, for RLCS. I think that it's the uh, revenue share is slightly better, although we don't have official figures to confirm that. Uh, all I have is the circumstantial stuff that I know right now. But... Um, for TSM, they're the kind of team that will only return if they can get a franchise spot. You know, um, uh, you know, like you know, they they bailed on Overwatch quick when they realized, hey, we're not actually going to get a franchise spot. You know, um, the mm. only team that they have that isn't franchised, I believe, is their Rainbow Six team, um, and and in any and even that has questions surrounding it, as far as I last remember. Um, you know, and there's also been intimations that TSM are going to rejoin Counter Strike, for instance, because obviously Flashpoint is a thing, and that is a semi-franchised league, and in fact they were going to be one of the founding. members members they couldn't field a squad as far as my knowledge is on that respect so you know for, for TSM yeah. to drop this team you know from a business perspective it makes a whole lot of sense for me and what I know from this squad or does it make sense from a performance perspective as well absolutely it also does TSM have been terrible in Rocket League for a very very long time like I, I struggle to think of a, of, of a moment where they really had like a really good sort of like finish at a major tournament with you know like obviously promotion playoffs and such you know aside because th- this team they've gone to lands and they've finished out in dead end dead lasting group stages at stuff like the dream hacks from last year um, oh no it was Dallas is the last time they actually really had a good performance and that was in that second place position uh, where they couldn't even finish off the job even then you take a look at all their performances ever since TSM picked up this team they've been on a fucking just downward spiral you know Mm. and that that was it like that sort of resurgence last year like you said i we will bring up dallas that was june of last year that was for me anyway the last time the team looked good don't get me wrong it was montreal they did make it fairly far um i want to say it was the match before you qualify for day three but still, when you're an RLCS team, that is your minimum bar to get to that ninth to 12th spot, you know, because you're going up against the NA RLCS teams as well. So that's fair. But realistically, you've got to be gunning for top eight at the very least. And they were only able to do that realistically once. You know, season seven, they just scraped on by last season they just scraped on by i think we've uh it was the safe spot wasn't it um just uh, no, last again. season no, they actually ended up relegation in tournaments yeah. as well yeah um yeah and you just look at this and go tsm was never the team that it sort of was meant to be to the point where i can remember when iconite was um booted and the following season they had the, you know, a bad season and Remco even put out maybe Ignite was the one that shouldn't have gone, you know, maybe it should have been me. And everyone's looking at it going, 
you know, maybe it's all, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. who knows? Um, it could have changed around if it was him that went or, you know, Metza, whatever. Like, you don't know, you, you can only ask that question. And it just comes down to this this team just could not evolve to the current meta of Rocket League. Does that come down to all the players? I think it sort of does. The old guards, you're seeing right now, Jade, this very pivotal point in Rocket League where the new players are coming on through and very few OGs are able to hold on up. Um, you know, to the point I mean, of like... you said that for the past like year or so, making like, I don't know how yeah, plausible that even, is. No, it's even proven its point right now, you know, like out of all the OGs, like you look at who's still kicking it and who's still able to sort of uh, really play up to standards and you, you question it because you look towards the current shift of say players. Now I'm going to go to Violent Panda as an example of this with Dignitas because I think they're currently the best team in the world. But notice how he is not able to keep up mechanically with the rest of his teammates. But instead, he's worked on the mental because he knows his place and where he can evolve the game. And he's brought in two very strong mechanical players and tried to mold that team. And that's the smart change there. We haven't seen that with some of these other teams that have fallen off, have we? No, and it's sort of situations like this, obviously, with the TSM side where, I mean, all of them have kind of looked a little bit bad and, you know... Um Obviously, all three are, are, are legends in their own respect, uh, some more mm. than others, but certainly all of them have been around for a pretty long time, you know. Um, so to, to, to look at these guys and, 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 to, and to remember exactly, you know, you know what they've been able to do and it's like, you know, and their history, it sort of feels like that's the case that they are losing out to some of the more mechanically gifted players, but they're unable yeah. to change uh, their play style to much more sort of strategical and uh, mental sort of focus uh, for TSM. And, and I think that's kind of what led to their downfall. We have a bit of a discussion coming up a little bit later on about that um, uh, in, in, in respect to their promotion tournament. Um, but I think the based on the fact that TSM have dropped them, based on the fact that obviously against Borders for later in the show, they relegated, um, you know, like this team is probably over. Like it's a good chance that they will go their separate mm. ways. I know on Discord I said it would be 50-50 because I think that Metzer and Morgan still have like an opportunity to present um, uh, to present their, their, their skills in the, in the rival series. But considering their performance in the promotion tournament, I feel like they don't believe that themselves yeah like when you look at them again spoilers for later i don't think mets and magnus will uh split up purely because right now when you look at the two you, you've got to weigh up what they can bring to a team over someone else you know in the uh, in the rival series or whatever so i think the safest bet is to keep that spot have another season i hope they pick up a new youngster like a very mechanically skilled player that can uh really bounce off them and see where they go from there and sort of have that season where again it's in the rival series so a little bit easier for them um you know skill wise but of course not dead easy it's still rival series but they can try they need a season to regain confidence and that's going to be the biggest thing for those two We'll talk more in detail about TSM, their old roster, and how they did in the promotion tournaments in a little bit of time. But the final story we have to bring to you is an update on the Team Esper story. The official ruling came down. Frenzy and Delusion are banned uh, for the next year in all LPL and Psionics operated tournaments. Uh, uh, S. Steve uh, did not intentionally compromise competitive integrity, um, uh, according to the rulings, and... 
I think that's a, a pretty fair assessment to make on these guys. Um, uh, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good idea, obviously, to give them some sort of punishment because they did intentionally throw Game Five. Um, uh, mm -hmm. There was a, there was a thing put out on um, uh, on the Score Esports uh, implying that Esper threw intentionally to deny Renegades a chance, and I don't think that's true. Um, uh, I feel like this is a case of a team that just got tilted and didn't give a fuck because they lost their chance at playoffs. Um, yeah. uh, and you know, um, and, and I think that I should come with its own uh, uh, with its own sort of set of punishments. I feel like, again, with similar to the Tox situation, the punishment is a little bit harsh because it is a full year ban, which might cut them out for two seasons, um, uh, which probably would end the career of Frenzy and Delusion straight up and out. Um, uh, uh, and, and and again, I, I'd, I'd hate to see that for any pro player um, because I know what that's like in the terms of like, you know, the Iowa Power guys mm -hmm. from CSGO. Um, I, and I don't think it's like a case of, you know, they intentionally threw for money or for the sake of a better standing for them. They just threw because they didn't give a shit. Um, uh, which, uh, you know, I mean, it should be punished, absolutely. But again, I think that maybe the uh, <laughs> the, the the stamp down, the ban hammer came in a little bit too hard. I completely agree with that. I think a one-season ban would have been yeah. the right call here. Um, a lot of people saying there shouldn't have been a ban, you should have fined the money, whatever, from the winnings. And for this sort of thing, where especially in OC, where I... Rocket League is not a valid like career for that region. There's just not yeah. enough money in it. The yeah. mo like the money fines isn't like fines for me, Jay. Anyway, only work when you're taken away from someone's actual livelihood. You know, like when this is the money you need to live. And so a fine there again wouldn't have hurt them enough in that sense. But also at the time of it has to be severe enough to really detract people from, you know, just giving up, essentially. That's what happened here. They just gave up. It wasn't, like I said, I see no reason for them to have thrown to try and give that spot over to a different team. Um, so it just comes down to a whole year. It feels very harsh and severe compared to what we've seen in the past. And I, I guess that's just Psyonix's way because it would have been the call from Psyonix to make sure that this never happens again because everyone else is now going to be looking at this and going, shit, I know I cannot. I've got to give it my all. And I think that's what Psyonix was hoping for from this. Now, again, they've just had to pay the price, but it happens, you know? It's, it's horrid, but it happens. I also want to uh, add to the point, obviously, is that Rocket League Oceano also followed suit and uh, mirrored those bans uh, for, for Delusion and Frenzy, which I think is, a, again, a bit much, all things considered, uh, just because, like, you know, at that point, they've got nothing else, you know, and that, and, and again, considering these guys didn't throw for compromising the tournament itself and literally just threw what was essentially a rage quit, like, you know, this, this is a bit much, guys, so you know. I completely I, I understand, understand why Oceana would do yeah. that because obviously they want to get into good books with Psyonix. But if I was the guy who was making that decision, I'd be like, no, actually, yeah, let's let's give them a chance to prove themselves. You know, in 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 a context outside of 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 the uh, uh, of the championship series because everything is the champ because championship series is everything. You know, RLCS rival series, all of them. It, it's it's basically the fucking you know the the, the be all end all for Rocket League esports. And if you're banned from that, there's nothing left for you there is nothing left for you and if you get rid of the only other thing outside in the bubble scene for that player for those players as well like they're done you know that that's it frenzy and delusion are done you know they're never going to come back because of the fact that we've decided to echo this shit and again i think that's, that's a tragedy because i don't think that it's the, the, the punishments in tow are that 
harsh or, or that, that they are that justified, in my opinion. Again, punish them, find them, season ban, you know, fair. Okay, that's all good. Um, but a year ban plus the fines plus being made barren by the rest of the OCE scene, it's just a bit much, you know? Like, these guys didn't do much in terms of the grand scale of things, you know? Like, it's a fucking meaningless game by the end of it, you know? Yeah, and... Yeah... The, the thing I take from that is going back to Christ. We're talking season four. Uh, was that the first or second season? I think it was the um, of RORS. Remember when uh, Noventic um, had that whole debacle with swapping in a player and they got disqualified from the RORS. And upon that, uh, rival esports, or I think back then they were still under PRL, um, banned the team as well, and all the players following suit with the Sonic bands. And it's just, I want to say it's got to be good practice when you're trying to partner with the developers of the game who own all the rights and you want to get work from them, you're just sort of following suit to try and keep. I guess, competitive integrity with it all, Jay. So I can understand where uh, R.L. Oceana is coming from, but like you said, it feels super harsh because now for a whole year, these lads in what is already an anemic scene have got jack all to do. And like you said, that's probably the end of their Rocket League careers straight off that because, well, do you ever see a player come back from a year of just not being able to do anything competitively at all, you know? No, you don't. <laughs> I no. mean, I think the only lad we got uh, was, was it Atomic? I'm trying to remember now because there was one of those lads from the Ventic team uh, that came back, if I remember. It was the one that uh, got subbed in. I think oh, I'm trying to remember now. I'm going to quickly go look that up. But I, yeah, I think it was Atomic uh, who subbed in and played for them. And he was too young to play for the side, if I remember right. Well, that's, that that's because age problem. is on your side in that respect. You know, like, you know, in in, in, in the case of being at the top he end of the scene. He was playing on someone else's account. That was the big debacle for that one. Mm. But yeah, um, still on that point, like, there's he was young enough for that to be okay he spent a year out and then came back you know but it just comes down to this like in a scene where there is jackal because he was still playing on if i remember in some of the other you know boost legacy sort of uh tournaments and that whereas in oceana there is jackal anyway it is near enough rlcs or nothing there's a couple of like you know the gauntlets and all of that going on but geez it is so bad that yeah that's probably the end of his career because you can't keep up to the level with just ranked can you no you can't i mean at the end of the day ranked is is good practice for a pro player but it's, it's not good up. yeah it's it's a warm-up you know at the end of the day scrims are going to be more valuable to you in terms of practice and certainly they are nothing near uh what a uh what an actual sort of um uh you know match will be uh so you know like again i feel like we've we've th these guys are just basically done and out of it like i don't even think any of the um uh, uh any of the guys from the north american site scene who got banned for the account swapping thing are even back anymore unless like memory serves me incorrectly um and even then just to go back to the point about prl you know that was one organization uh back when there were about 
like three or four different orgs sort of doing stuff in North America mm. and EU combined. So, you know, it's not, it's not, a, I don't think it's a, it's a correct assessment because there is only one RL Oceana and there is only one entity that is like RL Oceana. There's nothing else like it. So like, you know, the, the difference in terms of comparison is so, so staunch for these guys. And again, I think it's a bit of an overreaction to, uh, to, to, to the actual crimes themselves. Is that the bloody code? You know that, you know, when, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that, that period in, for those of you who don't know what the bloody code is, it's a period in English history where the king basically decided, well, fuck everybody and just made every crime punishable by death. So you stole a loaf of bread to the, to the stocks with you, you're fucked like straight <laughs> up and out. And I think that's what we're seeing here. You know, it's a very bloody code sort of mentality to team Esper. Um, and certainly to frenzy and delusion. Like I said, they're being made an example of that's what yeah. it really is. And I hate that because I've already seen that in CSGO, you know, search I by power and you will know exactly what that's about. Anyways, that's the update <laughs> on the Esper ruling. It is confirmed. Um, so long, friends in delusion. I don't think many people will miss you, but um, uh, that's more a community thing rather than a me thing. So there you go. That's our news for this week. I'm hopefully looking forward to another good week of news. Certainly a lot more than I was expecting, to be honest, and certainly uh, propped up, I want to say, by the RC Intox thing. Yep. Um, uh, but uh, we'll move on from that into the mailbag of course if you want to send us a question or a topic that you want to hear us talk about you can do so on the mailbag segment of the show in the discord which is in the show notes and video descriptions of every single episode of the podcast Uh, go click that link go join our little community of 60 odd people which is growing rapidly Uh, there is a mailbag section in the text chats uh, which you can send a question and chances are we'll answer it live on an episode of RL Aftershock only one mailbag question this week it comes in from John aka always and he asks, Yukis, Atomic, and Emery going under Magnifico have won three nice characters weeklies in a row. How do we feel about this team, particularly Emery, as he is a player that people will be least aware of? I guess this is much of you a question bacon here, but uh, obviously for those of you who, who are well in tune with the Rocket League scene, you'll know Yukis and Atomic. Emery has certainly been on my radar for a little bit because he has been subbing in for a couple of really big teams in the bubble scene. Um, uh, so let's start with the Yukis and Atomic side of things and then go on to Emery last. So, Yukis, of course, you remember from the Baguette squad and the one that actually left, let's say, prematurely to the end of the season uh, due to the team not performing to what I would imagine is his, like, um, requirements level-wise, we'll say. He was not happy with being near enough the worst team in the RORS. So, off the back of that, he's gone out near enough straight away and looked for this new side. And what he has formed is a very... He's formed up a team mixed of a very strong, already sort of established Spanish player in Atomic and this up-and-comer, Emery. Um, And... For me, Jay, we look at this squad and I'm looking at going, yeah, this is the sort of like first newly formed, let's say, RLRS contender for next season that, you know, a good stable uh, choice for the bubble scene to maybe go up next season. But the problem is for me anyway, that it's the first, you know, we're just as of today, as of this recording, this is the first day of off season, technically, isn't it? You know, you're for yeah. RLCS. And so this team is going up against everyone else that is near enough. If they're already an RLRS player, they're a throw together team doing it more for fun, or you're looking at other bubble teams. This for me is like that first contender for next season, but that's purely because no one else is sort of thinking that far ahead. I mean, you look at 
Rock League as a whole, no one really forms their RLRS teams until signups are announced anyway, because players don't think that far ahead. But it still goes without saying that it's a good team, but I think they're just not really challenged, being challenged yet. You know, the runner-up team to that, Stonkerbro, Gooch, Petrick, and Labyrinth, like... It's a decent side, but even then, I can't see them making RORS next season. I mean, it's the thing, right? It's very early to tell because there is a lot of time to go between now and the next season of the of, of the of the rival series play-ins. Um, even then, you know, anything can happen on the day of the rival series play-ins. So, you know, oftentimes we get a, take a look at our sort of uh, predictions and where we go with who we think is going to make it in. And sometimes we get it right. A lot of the time we get it wrong, um, uh, you know, just because of the fact it's so unpredictable in that respect. Um, I've seen a lot of the potential. Um, uh, this is where I want to sort of bleed into Emery oh, yeah. because he's a really good fucking player. Uh, you know, he's like, uh, again, you can slot him into most teams and he's got that versatility around him where he'll pick them up. Um, but again, the comparison points are only so limited because you've got great results at the bubble scene level. We haven't got any major results to compare against rival series and championship series level teams. And certainly I think those will come along as the offseason gets kicked off and the nice cactus cups will start to become a bit more prominent uh, because of the mm -hmm. fact they'll be the only competition that we have for anyone who's not being part of the spring series. Um you know, uh, we'll, we'll get to see where it goes from there, but I wouldn't be surprised if we weighed this team lower than a lot of the teams coming from the top down. Uh, definitely. And it, it just comes down to, like you said, Emery's the one that for us is the exciting newcomer. Yukis is a little bit... You, you, you're not going to shout him out purely because he's already established, you know? So he's not the one you're looking at. Atomic is going to be another, like, it's interesting to see a Spanish player, especially, step on out <laughs> from that scene and look elsewhere towards the rest of Europe because, generally speaking, a lot of Spanish players stick to their own crowd, don't they? You know, you see Spanish players playing with each other but not really stepping so far out to play with uh, other nations and that. So that's an interesting one there. But like I said, Emery, who is just sort of come out of the blue and really burst onto the scene. It, it's going to be interesting to see how this kid grows. But for me, Magnifico, like I said, I'm not entirely convinced yet, but nice cactuses are quite like, they're pretty much the top of the bubble and top of the uh, weekly scene. So it's an interesting one to see three weeks on a trot is impressive. No yeah. doubt about it. No, it's good, man. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see how well they'll go, see how far they can extend it. But again, you know, you've got to consider the talents they're up against. You know, the uh, second place team that they had was Stonkerbro, which is Gooch, Petrick and Labyrinth. And while I have stake, I have stock in Gooch, I don't have them in Petrick and Labyrinth, for instance. You know, that's just like just some sort of examples uh, just to throw out there, you know. And while, again, the talents have been pretty decent, you know, they managed to somehow uh, place higher than uh, Super Mode, who obviously are the big team that we're kind of watching uh, going into the uh, going into the offseason and keeping our eyes on how well they'll do um, uh, again you know you, the, the, those talents are not comparable I don't think uh, to the um, uh, to the guys who will come in uh, from the rival series when the off season really kicks up but that's just my opinion on it it's way too early to tell um, uh, and while I do see the potential in this team I'm going to hold out my, my judgment until a later point in the, uh, mm. in the off season I think that's sort of like the, the best way to approach this bacon Oh yeah, definitely. And like, if if we look back to, I want to say two weeks ago, uh, back when they were still under the name Team for Tryout before they actually came up with it, 
name. It's all the same sort of story. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier, Jay, and it, it feels for me anyway that over the next few weeks when we actually see those RORS teams hit back into the weekly scene, aren't they? And maybe even some of the stronger sides that are trying to get prepared for the Spring Series, this will be when we finally find out the true skill and level of Magnifico because that's when the real tough teams are going to be trying to hit up the nice cactuses again and it's going to be exciting to see that grow indeed it will be so keep your eye on magnifico going forward and certainly keep your eye on the rest of the nice cactus weeklies the next one is this coming wednesday if i recall correctly mm -hmm. or am i being a dummy yep. no, so no, wednesday, wednesday the 15th at twitch.tv slash rocket underscore en so if you want to watch the english casting i'm pretty sure boyo and juicy are having a great time with those uh, i need to jump back in some of the nice cactus action after the uh, the big rage of the uh, of the home sweet home stuff goes by but i won't lie they're paying me more for the counter strike work so fuck rocket baguette <laughs> way more yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's what it is i mean when you're getting paid enough to i don't know the difference is going down the shop and being able to buy a few packets let's of biscuits this way, compared right? to Let, let's put it this way right yeah. my rates for some of the bigger counter-strike tournaments i do rivals the rival series casters in studio okay like yeah. let's just set the bar in terms of the actual money that kicks around in counter-strike so i don't blame rocket baguette like fair play to them they can do they're what they can afford the to do they've got. that's it yeah, yeah they're doing all that they can so you know like uh, I, I love you guys and i'll come back to work for you eventually but right now i have to pay the bills so sorry um uh, but again uh, keep your eyes on the nice cactus cups and the weeklies and the rising and star league cups as well as the rising and star leagues we haven't got coverage for those guys this week because not a lot has happened other than just confirming the results that we already knew uh the mm -hmm. playoffs are set to begin um in a couple of days if i recall correctly um, i'm not sure specifically when those are going to happen but i do know that at least for um uh uh, that at least for the matches and for the uh, setups, they are set to go from the 6th through the 25th, which is a bit of a weird one. But we'll bring you all those details and all that information as and when we get it. But for now, we're going to move on away from the mailbag, which again, you can go ahead and contribute to via the show notes and video descriptions. Follow that Discord link. Join our little Discord community where you also get updates on all of the articles we're publishing, the promotion, uh, sorry, the um, uh, the pick and prediction games, which of course be running every single season and for every single major LAN. Plenty of stuff going on, a lot of good shit. So again, that's the Discord link in the show notes and video descriptions. Right. Let's do our tournament roundup. And of course, the big thing this uh, week will end up being the promotion tournament. Four teams took to the stage to try and promote themselves to the RLCS for season 10. Solari, Endpoint, Karen, the Stonkers, all these player te teams, two teams that you should be able to realize. And then the other two, <laughs> actually the XTSM and XRCD squads. So, you know, beautiful memeage coming through. But uh, oh, yes. it looks like Karen will not get to see the manager today here, Bacon. Uh, I guess we'll start there. <laughs> Uh, in terms of the, uh, in in terms of, I have to, I have to say, by the way, I fucking love the meme of these guys. Even though some of them might be on the verge of retirement, they are still having very high spirits in their own regard. And we do have to talk about the X XTSM side because they are. <laughs> I'm going to sound like an absolute dickhead um, because, considering what Remco tweeted recently. Well, we'll come to that in a moment. Um, but they looked fucking dreadful. They looked fucking dreadful uh, here. They just... I, like, well, there's... He it, it looked as if they had spent the last week playing Valorant, you know, or Valorant, <laughs> sorry. Um, 
in fairness, yeah, Bacon, we have spent like. the last week playing for Lauren. No, so, you everyone know. has. But, like, <laughs> that, that that's part of the joke, you know, do it. But it just comes down to that. It just seems like when they got on the pitch, I mean, that first series up against Stonkers, I yikes. Yeah. That is not pre-ill. That was off. That was the thing that kind of, like, made me think, oh, fucking hell, here we go. Um, because, like, this... There's a difference between losing the Stonkers and then losing to them 4-0. There's a difference between losing to them the 4-0 and then losing to them 4-0 while getting no goals in three of the four games and two goals Mm. total in the series. Like, this Karen side played fucking dreadfully. Like, they truly played dreadfully. And I think it is, again, just another chapters of the conversation that we've had about these players and that they're just coming to the end of their careers at the end of the day. Like they can't keep up. Um, and, and they really struggled at times with that as well. Like, I just, I just don't know what else to say, mate. It, it really did not have a very good fucking time. So you're saying they're coming towards careers, end of their careers. I think yes, for Remco as I mean, he's already pretty much put it out there. I don't think for Magnus and Metz, like I said, I, I think they need another season. Like Magnus, let's just say is definitely not washed. I think he's still got lots of life left in him. And Metz, I think just needs after near enough being pummeled for so long, you know, needs a little bit of a resurgence. So RLRS will be good for this team. I think next season. I think Metzenaris needs like a refresh. Like I yeah, think he just needs to I'm go saying. back to formula. Take a look at Ignite. When he went down to the RORS and had to play through, how good did he look? I mean, oh, this yeah. season he's looked only okay as such, but I think Metzen needs that season at a lower level to be able to really reclaim his form. He needs, like I said, confidence is so big in Rocket League and when you're playing at that highest level and not being able to play at it you can just be there going I'm I'm trash because again all players that achieve ROCS expect themselves to be playing at ROCS and realistically when you look at the number of players playing Rocket League number of players trying to make pro it is such a thin margin to make you know so when you can go back down one division and a lot of the pressure is alleviated from you well, that just makes life so much easier and you can reclaim your form. You can refine it or maybe even work on some new tactics because it's at a lower skill level. So new team formations and, you know, new strategies do work on out and you can really find that resurgence. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that... um I think that, uh, uh, you know, for, for, for him individually, obviously, I think that he, he, he needs to find like some sort of refreshed play style. Um, mm. I don't think the Magnus Metzenaris combo worked this season. And in part of that was down to the fact that Metzenaris was not the same Metzenaris we saw back when they last teamed together on complexity. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I, I don't know what he needs to do individually in terms of like, you know, ch- changing the mental game, but like there needs to be some sort of change from him because even though I did rate him coming into this season, coming out of the season, I think he's on a serious, serious serious slump like a bigger slump than we've seen from most pro players who've been relegated before you know like we saw you know several different teams who had dropped down they still made them the comeback and obviously the most famously the complexity side for example um but just seeing the the level that Metsa played out I, I think that even if he goes into rival series at this kind of a stage in in, in the way that he was playing in this uh, um uh, in this uh, uh team uh, and in this tournament in the sense that you know he decides to stick together with Magnus and they keep the rival series spot I genuinely believe that they are going to stay in rival series at best um, mm. if he keeps playing on that kind of level so 
it's no longer like, and I completely back what you're saying there, Jay. It's no longer the days. Can you remember back to Fnatic where they were able to easily season after season bop up, bop down, you know, between RLRS and RLCS? No, that's just not possible anymore. You look at the bubble scene and that jump into the RLRS level and how players, dependent on the day, sometimes, yes can really challenge up against those lower RLCS teams. I mean, when you look towards the... I'm just going to use the European Invitational. You might hate me for it, Jay. But where RLCS teams don't bother looking at the ROR teams and come in absolutely shocked, they can get trounced. And it just comes down to, you know, a lot of Rocket League comes down to good preparation and knowing what your opponent's going to do ahead of time because everyone has a certain play style, you know? And so when you look at this, they should be able to go down. Yes, the pressure's off. And yes, they'll be playing with that new style. So I'm hoping they should be able to do a bit damage but they're going to have to show something new if they want to get back up to rlcs otherwise like you said they're going to be following what i think is a pretty similar story to triple trouble this season you know just good rlcs players but not looking to strive to that next level they think they're they're a little bit too complacent you know yeah, no, um, I, I think that they are getting complacent. And I think, the, the, again, it, it's it's a very similar sort of situation to what we talk about, like, you know, championship series teams not caring about certain tournaments and certainly like not expecting to be, you know, they, they, they get, like you say, they, get, they get complacent. You know, we talked about we the Champions Cup previously. We're, we're going to win. That's, yeah. That mentality does happen. Yeah, well, that didn't happen here. And Karen went out in last place. Uh, the final thing to mention about this team, obviously, is Remco. After this series uh, ended and after uh, after the series against Endpoint ended and Cam were officially eliminated back to uh, uh, rival series, Remco obviously had that tweet where he said, thanks for the memories, which heavily implies based off of the fact that he's removed all mentions of Rocket League from his bio. Um, he's not had a whole lot of gra a great mental state. Um, uh, you know, obviously there was that tweet after Esper mm. threw last week where he was like, hey, Esper boys, if you need some tips about throwing for next time, I've been throwing for three years without trying, you know? So like in terms of his own, like mental state and how he thinks of himself in the um uh, uh in in the uh, uh you know in 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 yeah, in his life and in the uh, in the context of all of everything going on with with Rocket League, like you know, we, we obviously talked about him and his mental health issues in the past, where he's like, actively that tweeted about hating being alive and such. So like, obviously, everything plus this thanks for the memories thing indicates to me that he's retiring. It's not been confirmed yet. We don't know for certain until you know. I think in about three months it will be blindingly obvious, Bacon. But yeah. um, uh, for him, I think this is the end of his career as a top level pro. You know. Yeah, so by, by what Jay means there, everyone at home, it is more, we fully expect Remco to probably make a run next RLRS, but just with a couple of mates and just see what happens, you know, like, because face it, Rock League players get that itch and it's more competitive nature of uh, the players. Like, that's what you get into it, first of all, because you've got to be very competitive to make that push, you know, and get to the very top level. You've got to remember, this lad's a world champion. So we expect that from him, but... You know, if he gets into RORS, all good. He'll probably stick at that. And I, I don't expect him to near enough dedicate his full life to Rock League anymore. And from what people said by his, you know, play history, he's not been doing that currently. He is, you know, by all means, done with Rock League. And that's probably by, like you said, from the way he talks and, you know, from what he's tweeted out, the best for him. He needs to sort of like move on 
for his own health, you know, because competition yeah. is tough and it really takes its toll on a lot of people. Not to mention from like, you know, a scene and construction and business aspects, like there's no reason to stick around in, in rival series, even though personally I disagree because I think that obviously, you know, like it's the step up and it's the opportunity to regain mm. your career and like, you know, coach a team to be like a great thing. And like Greasy Meister tried this with We Them Girls within last season. You know, I think that that's the opportunity that presents it to yourself if you're a veteran player. And I think that Remco could contribute a lot considering the fact that he's a former world champion and probably the reason why we even have turbo today you know like we talk mm -hmm. about stuff like this and it's like Remco's got a lot of great experience but even then from like a salary and money making potential like a career path in the RLRS there's nothing there it's um, a different type of risk yeah. to be able to go that way and a different type of strength and uh well, bravery in its own sense to be able to stick around because for a lot of people, like, you know, by by his age and all of that, he should be finished with university, should be able to move on and actually start what most people would deem, you know, a normal life, a normal career path and all of that. And for a lot of people, like, that, you know, makes sense. It's the safer thing to do because you got to think, like, that you sort of do have, the same with regular sports, a, a a timeline you've got a certain point where that it's over it's done you've got to try and achieve so much in so little amount of time and for a lot of people that like we said does take its toll and realistically you've got to look to the next thing afterwards you got to. I mean, at the end of the day, I think Remco can be happy with the way that he's done with the, with the oh, way that his career has gone. Career. You know, yeah. like he, he he's so so decorated. You know, you got you got to think about his his, his you know his uh, you know the, the shit that he's done in the past. You know, with Northern Gaming, obviously, was one of the key things he made. Uh, you know, uh, season one land finals came third place. Season two uh, land finals, he came third place again with Northern Gaming. It was season three where he um, uh, where he went on and won the whole fucking thing. You know, and even then he's contested. RLCS level ever since you know he's been part of basically every single RLCS season um, which I think is part of the great tragedy of the storyline is the fact that for nine seasons we've seen Remco and now we're probably not going to see him again um, mm. again I'd love to see him have the opportunity but I'm going to sort of like level some some fire at Psyonix for this is that, you know, why why can't we bolster the scene to allow guys like Remco to continue on? Not as a world champion, not as an RSCS level talent, but as a guy in the rival series and in the bubble scene who coaches players up to being championship series level teams, you know? Like, I think, imagine if Ixo and Breezy, for example, took on Remco instead of Greasy Meister, you know? Like, let's think about the experience that this guy has, you know? Like, imagine the kind of like things that he could bring to that lineup from like, you know, a uh, uh, from a, a mental game and sort of like coaching aspect like it'd be fucking it, it, i think that's a lot of potential still you know like we've been saying it that there needs to be that sort of third tier within rocket league and just this is the up the star yeah. league just get just pay rocket <laughs> essentially yeah a shit ton of money and doing, tell them to run the fucking amount. star league and promote teams from superstar league into the rival mm -hmm. series it's a brilliant plan it's so easy to do psionics please okay come on but the reason why we say that is purely because this is all part of like a timeline with every other fucking esport there ever has been where at this point you're like we say the ogs the very top level players are starting to really fall off like i said it's we're in a transitional period right now so that's where those top players if they can still play but unfortunately, you know, can't keep up near enough move and become captain roles down in the RORS or they take on coaches and sort of form teams, you know, 
towards that sort of level as well, even going into that third tier. Or you see them, you know, and one thing that we don't get in Rocket League is more academy teams as well, you know, Mm. more like sister teams. And you get that in everything else where it's more like, not necessarily you you can have different orgs but they go with the main mindset of you know the bigger orgs let's just say um looking towards let's just keep with rockley let's say um dignitas goes okay we want to hire <laughs> just another name because they've been in rock league wouldn't happen but let's say uh copenhagen flames to make this third tier team and their whole goal is we give them a little bit of money so that they can bring on and manage this team but they're just trying to harbor you know talent that we could potentially pick up for our main team down the line and it, you see that within other esports don't you jay and it's just not happening in rock league because there is not that third level there but there is no room for new talent to come into Rocket League, bar four new teams each season, and I, I that's mean, I'm happy. four new I'm, teams I'm, each half year. I'm, I'm happy with having four new teams each season, but I think that it needs to come at the. Uh, at, and I think it needs to come from somewhere rather than just having a one day performance that gives yep. everybody their opportunities as they go. You know, like I'm, I'm happy with the promotion playoff double elimination system. I'd like to see it take place over the course of a weekend, though. Um, uh, and again, I'd like to see a, cer- a third division behind RLRS. That's not a one day play in with some open qualifiers. Like, come on, this, this, this system's no. outdated beyond belief. And again, <laughs> it's so easy to do just pay rocket forget to implement it into the fucking tournament is it superstars i I, because all their names quite similar the superstars i think it is where they combine all the different nations and put that into one that is your playoffs right there that is your route into the rlrs top four from that then goes on and again you keep the money you can give it one big foot you know actually make a finals you don't cut it off at the four teams but that's purely from a money standpoint you know and that is the way we want to see rocket league go we've been saying it for so goddamn long i mean this is a slightly different format but the same basis is still there isn't it yeah, and again, like you know, it's it's not just adding a third division in Superstar League. You also got Star League with all the regional stuffs, and then the Rising Stars below even that. Mm-hmm. So technically, you're investing in a fucking fifth division as well. Like, just it's so easy. It's so easy, and you don't even need to fund that much. Just give it a small prize pool boost and let nice cactus continue funding it. And there you go. You've got even mm-hmm. more sponsors at a lower level. It's like Vanarama in the fucking you know well, you know in, in the fucking the national league. So for me, what is so exciting about the prospect of Star League, especially here in Orvham, is that the national sort of routes on in are so much easier for sponsors to get behind teams because it's with every single company, they sponsor towards their own company. You fit, you rarely, rarely ever get companies that are looking, you know, that would be looking at this level anyway, that can sponsor out to, you know, Spain, France, Germany, England, all of those together at the same time. But you get a Spanish sponsors sponsoring the spanish team it's a lot easier and so you're trying to back it that way and then if you've got players that like you know don't want to be you know two-thirds from the same nationality they want to go like their same magnifico which is french spanish and german well they've got the europa rising stars you know which is anyone which they can fit into as well as their own like if they wanted to go a national route with two say frenchmen so that's why this is so good and all-encompassing and is a great little route on into the RLRS. And I hope that at one point, no, not even at one point, 
soon by the end of the year jay i think this needs to be done so no expectations for next season this being the route into next season but the season after i'm hoping anyway that, that we would not do only, get this picked up and that would not only inspire the talent to sort of like you know a direct path to the pro scene i also think that it would also inspire other you know to, uh, organizations to get like sponsors in at a lower level i think that mm-hmm. a rival series would be boosted up to the point where it would be plausible for someone like remco to go down to that level and have a, like a sustainable career down there and, and to the continue to foster series would have orgs actually like fully sponsoring those teams yes because exactly. there is also security there no certain that, level of it yeah, yeah. there'll be like a certain level of like a safety net so you can drop down to the lower division in in superstar league and become you know and have a decent like you know basis to work in some smaller organizations would lap that shit up you mm. know like you take a look at some of the teams competing in some of the other in some of the tournaments and you, and you think about hey actually these are some organizations that are, that are supporting these guys like epsilon is still supporting a team in uh, um, in in rocket baguette star league so it's like you know you're, t- you're looking at those guys and it's like hey if they continue to find a path to give players up and sell them on to rival series teams like that's a that's a perfectly viable business model same thing for Savet geneva for instance you know same yeah. thing for you know notorious any of the legion. other yeah notorious legion for instance who i think have been wanting to come back for a long time and then you just got so many great options in terms of like a financial mm. basis and, and again Vertex, i think someone just like Renko, side, you know yeah. would have kept in if there was which there is with the rocket baguettes the german sort of league they would probably kept on sat ross then knowing that okay we've dropped out of the roros but our team's still it, you just move into the third division we'll give them contracts up until the end of the uh you know the plans so that if they don't make the rors we'll just cut it there you know but it's a lot easier to follow that sort of mindset because there's always a next thing down the line currently for teams like vertex there isn't a next thing down the line for another what four months until september so there's no point them having a team because there is nothing for that team to play in and imagine how cool it would be if a smaller German or Dutch organization decided to pick up Remco and say, look, you build a team for us that can compete and then they make a run through Star League and get to the fucking, you know, uh, the, the rival series again. Yep. Like, that would be such a great story and it would be a great uh, a great uh, thing for, you know, Remco to continue his legacy past the point of being a world championship level player. You know, like, again, it all makes sense to me, but that's all just a tangent at this point. It yeah. sucks that we can't see that, but at the same time, I think we want to see it. I think a lot of people have been asking for it for a while. And again, the infrastructure is there, Psionics. All you have to do is slide 10 grand over to the fine folks of Rocket Baguette Firewall and, and Golden Dust. Yeah. And then it's easy as well, can we say, for Psionics to then go to, let, let's just say Rivalry Sports, because they've been, you know, doing the online B stream stuff and just say, okay, and you guys manage the NA side of things, you know? And yes. heck, even try and get them to coordinate with Rocket Baguette and keep. A like we're not saying Rocket Baguette gives it on over, but just saying like you know keep just them work in tandem with Rocket Baguette so that they can have the same sort of shit going on for both regions. Now I would love to see this, of course, go over to South America and OCE, but we we know the current basis, and you know that's a complete different you know kind of worm. So open up another day, but like you said, it is so simple and it can be done in both the major regions. 
Indeed. And that was a big fucking tangent. That was, <laughs> but I loved it. <laughs> Let's get back to the promotion tournament. Obviously, we've talked about Karen, we've talked about the XTSM side. The team that went out second to last and will be going to next season's uh, you know, rival series, of course, is the Stonkers, the XRCD squad. We've talked in depth about them in the news mm-hmm. section. I want to talk about their performance in this tournament, though, because it definitely felt like after they took on Solari, they sort of like hit a brick wall and then crumbled from there. Uh, you know, like towards the end of that series, it felt like Solari had a good read on what Stonkers were doing and adjusted against them all the time um, um, uh, leading to that 2-0 victory and Stonkers didn't even get a single goal in that one then they came up against Endpoint lost three on the trot and couldn't come back from that and it was not a pretty sight at certain points for the Stonkers side um, let's let, 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 let's like let's let's talk about this, co- this confidence and performance and this uh, mentality game I think because I think that's the mm. one thing that held them back in this uh, in this tournament so yeah, when we look at it, Stonkers had an easy start. Karen was only able to get two goals in the very first game, and that was it, goal-wise, for against Stonkers. And Stonkers weren't so impressive in that first game as it was. Coming up against Solari, this was, for me anyway, Jay, the best series of the entire promotion playoffs. And <laughs> it was a nice watch. It was really cool. But yeah, you could see as soon as this drop from Stonkers, where they fought, and I think this could be partly overconfidence from the team, when they dropped down to lo- losers finals, they just weren't ready to pick up. And this comes down to, um, just going to have a little, uh, I guess, slight tangent to a little bit later with the endpoint. There was a great little interview afterwards where they spoke to Eclipse, the coach of endpoint, and how after their endpoint's loss and a heavy loss to Solari, they had to go away and think about, how, okay, what do we need to do coming into the next series and all of that? To me, it feels like Stonkers didn't do it. They just went, oh, it was a loss, but it was a fluke. We'll go into the next series absolutely fine and didn't utilize the, what, hour break they had between uh, until the next series. And so, realistically, Stonkers only have themselves to blame for that series because you look towards endpoint you have a lot of history, a lot of VODs to prepare yourself for there. And realistically, Stonkers should have. Like, I, they, they have no reason not to have prepared themselves, especially with a week break against every single team that is here today. Like, th- there is no excuse to any of these teams to be doing that, you know? And Stonkers, to me, just did not seem ready for Endpoint because... I mean, we have to say Endpoint came out of the gate against Stonkers and just absolutely blew them out of the water. They were able to adjust, but Endpoint adjusted back, you know? And when it came to Solari, I, I I feel like that was just, for them, another rival series matchup. Solari were adjusting very nicely there in game two and three and completely dominated them. Stonkers did come back and adjust like they do, but Solari, you know, had adjusted as well. For me, it just seems like Stonkers just weren't able to realistically match up to Solari's pace and power. Well, it's sort of like what we were talking about in previous weeks and how RCD always went to Game 7s and it felt like they were going to have problems sort of closing out in the early game and how would that translate over the best of 7s? Well, it turns out it didn't translate over very well. Uh, The match that it uh, took Solari on in uh, the Rival Series season in Week 2 went to a five-minute overtime in Game 5. We had a long overtime in the Game 5 once again, but Game 6 and Game 7, it kind of didn't go all that well for the Stonkers' side. So if this was a best-of-five scenario, then this 
would have been a Stonkers victory. I'm not sure where they go in the last couple of games of the series, is though, because it feels like the sort of drop off the edge of the earth. Um, you mm. know, I think that you know, I, I think that they are, they are adjusted against quite frequently, and they can't always counter adjust. And I feel like that will get you some of the early series victories, and certainly get you quite far in in best of five contexts. But you know, the adjustments weren't there in the later stages of the series is from the Stonkers side. And again, I feel like you're right. I feel like they could have done a lot more research, a lot more preparation against the likes of Solari. Obviously, they've got preparation experience in playing already against Solari's side. And they were on match point at one point. So they could have been able to take a 4-2 victory and been up in that winner's in that winner's final position, qualifying in the first place position. But, you know, again, they just kind of hit a brick wall. And as soon as they did, they just didn't know how to deal with it. So, again, another reason which I find that stonkers win in game fives is purely because they come out of the gate quite well and then they they quite often lose game two and even three and then that's by the time they need two games to adjust is what i'm saying right now and solari after game two had pretty much beaten them let's just put it that way just by the stonkers or xrcd mentality like i said where they need those two games where solaria are able to take games two and three and it all came down to can solari adjust the stonkers there and you could see that they were adjusting the stonkers there in game five you know hence that massive overtime so it felt like after that win even for stonkers when you went into the game six and you could see solari had got up ahead you were like that's it dumb stonkers have lost by that point it was super close but you could see that solari just had the upper advantage and stonkers are for me anyway jay a little too slow to adjust their opponents that's they're a great team but they do just need to pick up that I don't know, team synergy in their adjustments there because they seem to not be able to be that quick. And that is what the only thing for me anyway that holds them back currently. Yeah, and I think it kind of goes into what we were saying in previous weeks about how we need to see this squad sort of take another season in the in the rival series mm-hmm. to get the confidence back and to make those adjustments. But I wanted to sort of touch on that a little bit. Obviously, we've talked in, in, in great depth about Tox's mentality, but the rest of the players there, do we see them making the necessary adjustments in terms of the mental game and in terms of the consistency that will get them to a point where next season they are qualifying for the Championship Series? I Possibly. So it's, it's going to be a hard one because I, I honestly think this team could maybe make a swap player-wise... And I mean, F in the room there, if they swap out Tox, he is the strongest player from RCD Espanol, in my opinion. I, what about you, Jay? You, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if they get rid of their strongest player, they need to replace him with a similar strong player to be able to play at their current level, you know, <laughs> and hold up into a promotion player spot. But who do you play uh, replace him with? And, you know, that that's then you're opening up a whole different problem, you know, because then you've got to get a player up to the same level that you're currently at. And there's a lot of ifs and buts around that. So for me, I want this team to go back to drum board. I want tops to mature because then they can improve. And then it's all just coming around to communication. You can see already that with RCD previously, they had a lot of great support structure there. I want them to try and continue a support structure and, you know, using their coach, uh, Ariobi, to maybe 
work upon that sheer point of you know just what do we do with our adjustments and trying to read opponents quicker like you can do so much purely upon near enough trying to like you know speed run vod reviews of games to say okay what are we doing wrong here or you know even <laughs> you go into the mindset take the coach for example there to near enough say right in this game you're pretending let's let's look at the um let, let, let's go with uh solari endpoint because they won't involve that they're pretending to be endpoint they need to pick out what they need to adjust quickly and they need to work on that so that when it gets over the pitch, they can point out what they need to change up quickly and put that into place as a team. And that's going to be an interesting one, but it comes down to a coach overseeing that and sort of putting together structured, you know, training for this team that isn't just hopping onto a pitch and playing Rocket League, not scrimming. We're talking about mental, get out the whiteboard, get out the VOD reviews and go through those, you know? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of review needs to be done for this team. Um, uh, uh, you talk about whether Tox will be removed from the roster. I don't think he will. Um, uh, They'd I be think better that- keeping him, yes. Yeah, I mean, so far we've seen public support from his teammates. I think that I hope that they make the adjustments necessary to sort of like fix up the attitude problems. Um, uh, uh, but, you know, like I, I think that uh, I don't even think there's any way that Tox can really go other than potentially out of, out of play. Um, uh, you know, I think mm. that uh, I, I think that they'll they'll keep him on board because there is nothing else that they can really do. There is no stronger player to pick up. And right now there's no better move for the stonker side. And Tox certainly isn't getting picked up by a championship series squad anytime soon, unless Singularity seem to will have a death wish and and a hard-on for masochism. Uh, but either way, I digress. Uh, that is the Stonkers in this tournament. Uh, a bit of a shame, unfortunately, but I kind of think we all expected the uh, season and the uh, playoffs to go as well as they did for them. Endpoint are the team that they lost to in the lower bracket, though, and they... Well, I mean, they made it back in to start things off, but holy shit, there was a point in the tournament where I was like, there's no fucking way Endpoint are done. You know? Like, they, the, the mm-hmm. particular series against Solari where we saw the classic Endpoint issues crop up again in the semifinals, and Solari 4-0'd them with some games not even getting goals for the Endpoint side, and I looked at that, I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. Like, this is over. Well, Endpoint just- are out. You just look towards that first game, Solari, Endpoint, and yeah, Endpoint just cannot handle super fast, really aggressive Rocket League. Went into the TSM game, and they, I'm, I'm going to say, didn't have the best shown against TSM at all, did they? You know, and it was 4-2, yes, but TSM had, like, you know, were able to fight quite closely i'd say so end point going into this game you're like oh stonkers they're just going to play super fast super aggressive because they've just seen the end point games and they should just be able to battle them black and blue um let, let's go four two to stonkers you know because end point can try and hold super tight into two games but boy oh boy stonkers were just not ready for this game at all were they like endpoint came out of the gates they had watched it and they had come up with a plan like i said they had used that past hour effectively stonkers you cannot say the same for at all can you 
No, absolutely not. Um, uh, and I think Endpoint made some serious adjustments as a result. I think that they had a really good fucking showing as a result of this. You know, they had a bit of a tough little affair, obviously, coming up against Karen immediately after their series, but they used, all, as you say, all the time to make the adjustments. I think they were watching the Stonkers game significantly well, and they made those adjustments as a whole. You talk about how, you know, they, they can't handle super fast aggression on the Endpoint side, and it's like, well, Stonkers are the perfect kind of team to sort of, you know, punish that because they are a bunch of super fast fucking yeah. players. They're Spanish bim bam, whole, like, through and through. You know, and, and Tox is a very aggressive and very good player. And it's like you talk about them, and it's like at the, on theory, on paper, Stonker should have been able to win that match. Um, uh, mm -hmm. But Endpoint have really shown that they've really shown that they've got the the longevity, I think, to, uh, to to find their way back into championship series sort of uh, uh, positions. I think the next big thing for them is to find more preparation in some of their in some of their matches going forward in next season's uh, uh, tournaments, and as well as that, to find even more consistency because there were points where some players just dropped off the edge of a cliff and they were nowhere to be seen. Um, uh, and I, I, I am concerned about that with Endpoint because they're in a very similar situation to Reciprocity right now, uh, for me at least, where I think, hey, what can we change in this uh, lineup that will give them the opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, to, to improve? And the truth is, is, I don't think there's much. Yeah, for me, when it comes down to Endpoint, they're a team that... <laughs> realistically you can't change much on them like you don't want to go messing with the fundamentals because this team has to be playing at such a high communicative level they have to be so much in sync or on the same wavelength for them to work and when they work they're good but as soon as that drops off they're dreadful that that yeah. i mean that's shown straight in the salary match so endpoint you've got to go away and just find some sort of cues to i'm gonna say you call them quick recovers is what i'm gonna call them right now and that is essentially to if things aren't going your way you go to a certain let's say plan c example and that's just for you to get into a sort of rotation which is safer you can get your heads together and then push out from there you know and endpoint don't have that currently they just look a little bit headless chickens you know they they go to more of a solo stand and think about themselves personally as players and what they can do instead of what the team can do all together and that's the big change that endpoint need to make and learn how to play when things aren't going your way when things that are unexpected happen and when you're a team that are currently down 2-0 in a series they've got to somehow find a way to turn that around and it comes down to the mental aspect of the game and coming up with good strategies because again this is a team that when their strategies are going correct because they do rely very heavily upon strategies they're fantastic aren't they really they're, they're a yeah. good team I think the thing they need to go ahead and do when they move on is probably to get more information on the players that they're up against. Obviously, they had a mountain of information during this tournament because they had all the rival series VODs. Mm. And of course, they had the matches from Solari and Stonkers, uh, you know, in their respective matches in the winners finals and in the semifinals. You know, like they've got a ton of information they can use from that. And they've got a lot of up to date and recent information. The new thing for Endpoint, obviously, is that you need to sort of add that preparation in some of the rivals in the championship series matches going on yep. in the uh, next season. So, like, I can see an opportunity opportunity presenting to them i could see a way that endpoint would be able to uh, to hold their own um uh, uh but i feel like that with the way that they performed in this one and again with the you know very worrying moment in those semi-finals um, um i think that they're going to have a bit of a tough time and they might end up in the singularity position uh, for the next season that's my very early bold, bold mm. call on that front for the endpoint side I hope that's not the case because I really like the guys and I really appreciate the talent that these guys have. Um, uh, but I, uh, I just have to say that, you know, um, I, I think that Endpoint have a little bit of a ways to go to get themselves back into like a contending position, you know?
Oh yeah, definitely completely agree on that. And Endpoint, like they've survived this season, their big sort of test now for me is that you know month break until the spring um series let's see what they do at the spring series um realistically i don't expect them to make it on through i don't think they're going to be a top four team going into that but i want to see the adjustments and if they do make it then oh boy is this a team that are going uh, that are correcting themselves and going in towards the correct direction you know because that's what we want from these lads to see that they're not the most mechanically gifted players like they're good players don't get me wrong but that they're filling that void of ability with game plans and strategy i love every single moment of that you know and so i'm hoping that endpoint they they improve things and really start adapting this sort of new star of rocket league that's awesome to see Moving on from the endpoint, they were the team that came from that lower bracket. The team that went in the upper bracket, though, we thought it would be endpoint, but actually it was Solari. And I have to say, Bacon, we severely misjudged this team uh, in what they could have done because we thought it would mm. be a case that they'd lose to endpoint pretty easy and then they beat Stonkers pretty easy as well as, you know, uh, um, uh, and, and as well as beating obviously the, the XTSM side. But holy shit, this was some of the best play I think I've seen from a rival series team in a very long time. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we, we said that they were the best in show coming into this uh, promotion tournament. They absolutely were. They proved that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Even though there were several points, I think, in the Stonkers match where it was like, okay, uh, they might actually lose this one. Like some of the clutch saves and some of the clutch play that they had to do to really dig deep and find a way to break the Stonkers, like it was beyond, mm-hmm. it was beyond fucking belief. And honestly, if there was one match I had to highlight for the, uh, for the whole... Um, uh, uh, you know, for the whole tournament, it's absolutely Solari versus Stonkers. Like that one was a fucking stonker, in my opinion. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I can remember. I, I I I I called. You know, yesterday before everything happening, Endpoint Solari. They're the two teams that are going through. But like you said, I think we all thought Endpoint were the clear upper, you know, team to make it through without a loss, and Solari through the lowers, you know, really upsetting. We. And that was the tone there. Everyone thought stonkers after, you know, all, all that's going on that they might get a little bit tilted. And we've seen them go through there. Like analytically, like we said, we didn't think they were going to adjust and that came on true. But, oh boy, they showed their strength, like not only straight off the gate, out of the gates, taking out endpoint. And, and, and that really falls upon more endpoint than anything else. Mm. But it's that win against stonkers, like you said, where... They were the real deal. Like this is a team that is ready to go into RLCS. They've now got, you know, months to adjust and try and like pick it up because mechanically they're so ready. It just comes down to the mental and more preparedness going into each and every series. So that's exciting. But then now, like going into the next season, they they've they've got a whole new sort of like ball game to play because they've got the real big dogs there now. Mm. And we can say going forward that RLCS is fucking stacked. You know, Absolutely. like this is gonna like next season is gonna be crazy unless something, you know, terrible happens and players drop off. But Solari, they show for me. Like they're in, they're, they're a completely brand new team formed together, made it through plans, made it through the RORS and made it into RLCS all in one season and all fresh brand new players. They are exciting. <laughs> and I don't know how Solari is an org. 
foresaw that this was going to happen. I don't think they did. I th- I think they potentially thought they were just going in relatively cheap and then ROROS team and use this more as like, you know, part of their Twitch stream team sort of area. And they have got way more than they bargained for in oh, the best yes. way possible. So mate, Lari if there's a big organization, mate, if there's a big organization sniffing around for a team, Solari better get their buyout sorted because there is a fucking money making day to be made from this mm-hmm. team, right? That's just this, this, the short and thick of it here for Solari. Um, um, for, the, for the team as a whole, though, I have to say that, like, one of the cool things about this squad is the fact that they came in from the upper bracket and they beat the other team that qualified and, and, and re-qualified in the case of Endpoint, an RLCS team, and they beat them confidently. You know, that that's already a, a good start in terms of your RLCS mm. campaign, the fact that you've got, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a big, easy win above a team who... Um, uh, 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 a, a bit, uh, 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 got an easy victory above a team who, who you're probably going to be contesting for their spot next season. You know, you probably might be yeah. in that seventh or sixth position if you're the Solari squad, and Endpoint are going to be the team that's chasing you down. So, like the fact that they've already got that 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 victory on the board, and it wasn't a victory against the team that's clearly fallen off the edge. You know, like we thought Endpoint would be fighting for that seventh and sixth position, or potentially even a, a a fifth position if they were lucky. You know, the fact that Solari have gotten that victory above a team that you know certainly were the best Championship Series team in this tournament that's big that's really really big for Solari and the, the talent level in this team has skyrocketed in the last few weeks I think we were very slow to take notice of Solari in 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 the in the rival series season but you know they've had a really really good time and they are in oh. such a good spot, fucking spot so Solari during the rival series were a team that was a grower realistically and like i said before what two weeks ago they were a team that didn't get many games like they were you know, in, in weeks two, one and two, they had no games week one. Week two, they faced off against RCD, Espanol, and BDS. Those were their two games, so two losses there. They played well, but a lot of people would have slept on them there. Going into week three, they took down Triple Trouble and Notorious Legion. So they was like, oh, hang on there for a second. Week four, they go up against Savic and Eva and absolutely thrash them. That was expected by everyone. But week five was when they really, you know, showed up, took down with Baguette Squad handily again. And that was the point where they were looking on four wins and were looking quite handsome, you know, for they they'd near enough secured themselves up into the top six at that point by most people's imagination. So going into, what was it, week six, where they took down RJM and Weedem Girls, they were like, it was at that point where you're coming towards the end of the season as well. And you're like, Hang on, this Solari team are actually really legit, but it's taken so damn long to get to the point for them to prove that they're legit. Craziness. But it all came together, like you said, in this promotion playoffs where you're just there going, okay, what can this team realistically do? Because we didn't get to see Solari in uh, the European invitation, didn't did we? So no, we didn't. never got to see them up against rlcs teams and here we got to finally see that and we're like okay they're ready and it's all coming down to three very mechanically skilled players that all they need now is i would say a coach to finish them off and that would have them complete because you can see this lorry team jay and you can go i i i i think they're on par with barca you know they're they're on that same sort of level and you know, I'm just saying, like, coming into next season, because they're so mechanically gifted, they just got to work on the mental aspect. And 
you've seen their playstyle work for Barca in the past. So what's to stop them making it work in RLCS? It just comes down to in this next grown season, they can't throw, you know, what happened to AS Monaco because AS Monaco looked so good, so ready for RLCS. And then just in that off season, something happened, you know, within the team that just made them completely lose confidence and drop on out of RLCS. And I just hope that doesn't happen for Solari because Solari, for me, I, like they look more convincing than Endpoint currently. But like I said, Endpoint have got the room to grow and they can do it and it all comes down to mental. Solari, when they start now working on the mental where they will get in a coach and will start you know, picking up the very last aspects of the team that it needs, which is, you know, learning to adjust to other teams um, ahead of time and learning game plans and all that sort of jazz. I hope that doesn't damage them where they might overthink stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, obviously we could sort of move on and have a quick chat about, you know, their 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 potential in the championship series next season because, as you say, it's stacked beyond fucking belief. So mm -hmm. even for Solari to find a place in this team is going to be a bit of a tough little affair. But what do you think their, their, their future is going into next season? So going into next season is a super intriguing point because... I reckon we're due another, like, as always, within Rocket League, we get silly off-seasons with a lot of roster swaps. Uh, I mean, we already sort of spoke a little bit about that um, when we, you know, finished off uh, the regionals. Um, Barcelona, I hope they stick together because this team should, but... Uh, that that's more like a revolving door as we've seen you know players going in and out dig should probably stick together mouse sports you would hope would stick together with rg now at least like you know they'll stick with him for the spring series reciprocity is a big question right there what happens uh for them um vitality should stick together singularity question marks all there uh you know we've said there in the past like they they could potentially be looking to replace God's Miller, but I think that'd be a bad move for them. Um, if anything does happen, it's because some other team comes through and buys out Nolly's, you know, contract to pick him up. Uh, that's the most plausible thing, I think, right there. But then you've got BDS there who have shown that they're incredible. Veloce, who are the most consistent team there is around. And then Endpoint, like we said, coming into next season, I don't, I don't think you're going to see, like... <laughs> I, I see no reason right now for a lot of these teams to change up, you know, but I've said that about previous seasons. So that reciprocity change up that we think is coming through with Farrah going out, I think will have a trickle effect to a lot of the league. And it's going to be interesting to see how we go into next season, because right now, the, the only thing I can probably say is that I think Endpoint currently are one of the weakest looking teams. Singularity mm. need to pick themselves up because uh, they're in trouble for next season. BDS hopefully can keep up to that level because this has been a stellar season from them and we hope that they don't fall into past seasons, you know. Um, Solari, if they can't pick up the mental aspect of the game, I don't think that pure mechanics will be able to hold them up. So it's going to be an interesting one because going into next season, we've got so much fucking time up until September yeah. to make adjustments. And all these teams are capable right now to be making runs at Worlds. Like, I'm going to say right now, I think Dig and Vitality are 
secure top twos going into next season. Who knows? I could be wrong. There is a good few months away, but you would take them just by the caliber of players and by their history to be able to make top two. But then that leaves you two spots left for Worlds and eight teams that can make a potential running for that, you know? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 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 going to be excited to see how well uh, how, how things roll up again. We've got 5 months to the end of the to the beginning of the next season. Within rough estimations, you know, there's still a lot that could happen and we'll be reporting September all the major time, roster yeah. moves as and when they happen because this season probably is not going to uh, uh you know, this probably isn't going to be the last sort of like, you know, look at the landscape before we get to that point. There's lots to happen in between now and uh, then. So, go on. I'm I'm just thinking as well with the current world climate, we have got realistically no lands there are definitely no lands booked before next um season starts you know so that's going to be a super interesting one as well because normally we can see an idea of performance at lands beforehand can't we but this at online is a complete different beast isn't it so it's going to be interesting coming into next season because you see a lot of players like definitely from rlcs teams where from their land performance where they can't stack out yeah. teams might look to make the changes there because they they're striving to make it two worlds and so when a player can't play on land they go well he's he's a problem or you know that mentality where they suddenly change on those very high stress environments it shows a player's weakness here all players are going to be looking their best in the off season because they're in comfort at home and going into next like lee play lee play is going to be absolute crazy but this off season is all players looking at the pinnacle of their performance looking the best they possibly can and we're going to get some absolute super teams in rlcs i wouldn't be surprised if once again we get to a stage of you know we we call that the bottom of eu rlcs is looking like mid-table na rlcs just because of how stacked eu is at the moment you know absolutely i'm very excited about what's going to go forward even just from the the potential we, we could see out of these teams you know there's a mm. lot of opportunities that could present themselves up so you definitely want to be keeping your eyes on all the action that's going on and again we'll be bringing you all the reports all the details of everything that we can confirm here on rl aftershock everything that we know everything that the teams know everything that we uh, can discuss and break down here on the podcast and on the website as well, Bacon. And I think that basically wraps up everything for the promotion playoffs. Again, to recap, yeah. uh, Solarian Endpoint are in RLCS Season 10. Stonkers and Karen are out into the rival series for Season 10. And that basically wraps up the show at this stage, Bacon. Unless you've got anything else you want to add and anything else you want to talk about. I, I don't think there's anything else. Nope, but uh, No, that pretty much does it. We're, we're in for... Cause like we said, today, as of recording this, uh, Monday the 13th of April is the very first day of the off-season and such. Let all fucking hell break loose because <laughs> we have got three weeks now until the spring series kicks off, if I am correct. Uh, actually, yeah, You realise that as a result change. of that, we're going to be so strapped for content. <laughs> oh, no, I think you're going to... Because you got to think, now we're going to start seeing some teams like all form up you're going to have rlrs teams that are going to be trying to fight off the rlcs teams because you know eu depth we've got so many fucking good um teams and players to the point of like you know when i say i think we should realistically change league play to like you could easily turn eu league play to a 12 team tournament no problem 16 would be you'd be able to see easily a 
like easily weaker teams form up but hey that's what league plays are and i'm just going to say spring series is going to be a super interesting one coming up and i'm i'm going to be looking for all these little wild card teams that could be making it for you know Indeed, we'll be keeping our eyes on everything that's going on in the Rocket League space and we'll do our best to try and pad the content. So certainly you want to get involved in all the podcast <laughs> action. if please. you, Yeah, mailbag, please. We beg you. Uh, I also have to start <laughs> dipping into that uh, that uh, notepad that we have of all the topics we want mm-hmm. to bring for features. So we have to start digging into those. Um, uh, so again, be sure to get involved in the show because I think over the next few weeks we're going to need it. But we do have some other tournaments going on. Of course, oh, there yes. is the uh, Rising Stars stuff that we mentioned earlier on in the show. Fireball, Golden Dust, Rocket Baguette, and the Europa Rising Stars League. So there's a lot going on. And again, um, we'll be trying to cover up as, as much of that as we can. Uh, bring you all those results and again all the reports as regular if you want to keep up to date with everything that is Rocket League esports especially in Europe then you can go to rlaftershock.com where we'll be bringing you all of the news and reports features and opinions that we have on the Rocket League esports space we had some great articles lined up uh, some of which may or may not get posted depending on how the political climate works I'm certainly going to keep reserved uh, but that's a story Mm. for a little bit later on in the rest of the week but again rlaftershock.com Bacon you've got an interesting piece coming up which we teased for the last week Um, Mm -hmm. uh, how's that going right now? Uh, that's going quite good. We literally, I think, just right now, uh, I gotta just get permission for photos, and then I can literally post it up, can't I? Yep. So uh, whenever he's ready for that, it will go live. It certainly is an interesting little take on the Rocket League scene. Uh, certainly Ooh. one that we, no one's really done, uh, uh, and, and something something that no, no one's really Ooh. done to be honest, Bacon. So like certainly uh, might be worth a, a quick read from you. So again, raftershock.com if you want to keep up to date with all of that jazz. Uh, we've also got the Twitter and Twitch at raftershock on Twitter, Twitch.tv/slash raftershock, so you can keep up to date with the uh, goings on of the podcast. Everything that we tw- uh, that we uh, post on the site also gets posted to Twitter, the Twitch links should be uh, hopefully hosting some live shows relatively soon Do you know what it's been surprisingly difficult to get a live show going despite the fact that everyone's available uh, <laughs> during quarantine so like it's it's it's, it's fucking weird um, mm. uh, but certainly uh, just keep your keep your eyes on and uh, we'll hopefully have some live content relatively soon on the podcast twitch but as usual the podcast is available on youtube uh, as well as on spotify itunes google podcasts tune in and most other audio distribution platforms you can go to anchor.fm slash rlaftershock to find your favorite platform and request your favorite way to listen and on that no we're basically done here bacon are there any final words from your fine self um well, I mean, currently going to be interested. Like, oh, problem is there is a tournament going on right now. The game is assembly stuff over in France. Um, and nice cactus actually picking up that Magnifico side. So that's quite interesting. Oh, but, okay. That's yeah, concerning. That's, <laughs> that's very interesting going on there. And uh, hopefully that team can keep growing. But realistically, Jay, after all the drama coming out this week, like, I just want to start up a new, you know, initiative an awareness initiative you know where you you might seen this in other ways of life and the big one is don't text and drive now i'd like to start a new initiative of don't tweet and play like (laughs) your your own career safety the safety of others that it may affect around you just please guys be safe in your rocket cars don't tweet and drive okay (laughs) 
I'm gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna add on to that and just say, don't tweet. <laughs> just, just, just don't that. tweet. Just, just yeah. get off Twitter. Get off Facebook. Get off any social media. Go, go, go. Just get out. Just don't. <laughs> just don't tweet. <laughs> and on that note, we are going to get off your screens, out of your ears, and off to uh, well dinner. In my case, actually, I can smell it cooking. So I'm, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, have a nice early one here at three o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, we'll be back probably next week on Monday night as usual. Hopefully, we can get the live shows going. We'll keep you posted on all that jazz as the next week rolls around. But till that point, though, stay safe and brace yourself for the aftershock.